can use me as an example for a candy addiction. You are listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of biting analysis. I'm Matthew, an Ultraman noob, and I'm here to discuss SSSS.Gridman. This is Going Ultra 8. Ab Reaction Interruptus. Overall thoughts on Episode 8, Confrontation. On a scale of terrible to great, it was pretty darn good. Uh, actually, I would say nearing greatness. Uh, so if on a scale of 1 to 10, um, I'd give it like an 8. Uh, overall, the story of this episode was really interesting. Uh, I thought it was challenging. It put the characters in really interesting positions. And one of the best things about it was that there was a great sense of tension. Uh, on the setting, uh, again, uh, the setting of this like made-up world or fictional world or simulation world, whatever it is, um, is really good. It's really strong. It conveys everything that the story needs it to, um, which is... Uh, I don't know if it's a consequence of it being animation and therefore every bit of effort that goes into placing the story in the setting is that much more intentional. Although I don't know if that's true or not, as opposed to like a live-action production. Anyway, I don't want to ramble, so I'll, I'll get into it. Um, my immediate afterthoughts, I really... Uh, it was a busy evening uh, after a long weekend. It's being recorded a couple days after Thanksgiving. And, um, yeah, the uh, only note I have here is defying fate or programming. And the reason uh, I'm putting that is because of Utsumi, Rika, and Akane. And how the, uh, the three of them... Or interactions involving the three of them. So, defying fate or programming. Uh, well, the, the insinuation is that there is fate or programming. Uh, Akane tells uh, Rika in a very uncomfortable conversation that uh, Rika is programmed to, or set up to not, or to always love uh, Akane. And Rika asks her, what do you mean I was born to do that? And... Akane pushes back and says, no, my kaiju, you, when you were created by my kaiju or made by my kaiju, you were set up to always love me. And, uh, at, so that's one thing. Another thing is Hibiki has a conversation with Rika about Utsumi and he, um, is trying to tell Rika that she should, uh, actually he's trying to, um, tell Rika that Utsumi should apologize to her and that he's sorry about how things went down between them because they had a, uh, a sour interaction, let's call it, concerning uh, what the group wanted to do about Akane after she announced that she was going to um, attack the culture festival. And uh, Rika's, like, separated from the Gridman Alliance for a couple days. And uh, in the uh, intervening time, Hibiki talks to her. And I think it's after her conversation with Shinjo, um, she tells him... Uh, she kind of cuts him off as he's saying, oh yeah, Utsumi should really apologize to you. And she says, I'm going to apologize to Utsumi because he would never expect that. Um, and to me, she's calling out his programming. Um, or does she say that he's not the kind of person to apologize first? So of course she'll apologize first. You know, I honestly can't remember now, but there's something about that. And then later on at the at the school festival, when everything is honky-dory, uh, can we say that? In 2018? I don't know. Anyway, um, when everything's fine, um, Utsumi 
uh, does apologize to Rika first, and she's kind of taken aback by that and surprised by it. And so I, I think I think that there was a, a little theming going on between uh, the two of them here. And I think the two of them were basically trying to defy their programming or or the expectations of what they're supposed to do. And uh, really thinking about it, I think Rika's issue goes back even farther, uh, which is that she's defying the Gridman Alliance and their role. And, I mean, it ties into Shinjo um, saying that Rika will always love her, uh, and I would say by extension always try to protect her and keep from, from you know, violence and, and taking action against her directly um, because Shinjo implies that she can basically... Well, she invites Rika to join her side, um, but says that, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what you decide here, uh, you will always be on my side. You'll always be my friend and ally because that's, you know, that's your programming. And uh, Rika kind of tries to defy um, the programming of the Gridman Alliance. And uh, this is, you know, days before her encounter with Shinjo on the bus. And she tells them that uh, they need to find a way out of the situation with Shinjo other than fighting with her. And I think Hibiki agrees with that. And he's seen that. And I mean, I think he saw that in, in the last episode in seven. Um, and, uh, I think Utsumi is playing against that. And Utsumi does get into this kind of rut. And Rika points it out that he's always talking about the Gridman Alliance. And, uh, I think Bor even <laughs> like chides him for always putting everything in terms of like the ultra series and the fights and whatnot. And, uh, sorry about the noise. I'm moving cardboard around in my mobile studio. Anyway, um, Bor even like chides him for wanting to just go into, oh, we have to fight and destroy and, uh, you know, make conflict and all this stuff. And uh, it's a really interesting uh, concept to throw around because that's what the show is, you know, about in, in, in part. And uh, I mean, that's what even this episode is about. Um, you know, it's the episode title is Confrontation. And... Um, you know, Rika directly confronts Shinjo. Shinjo directly confronts uh, the three of them at school, bringing out her kaiju and telling them that she's going to attack the culture festival. Um, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, they have a conversation, Rika and and uh, and Shinjo do, about the culture festival and how neither of them like it um, and how Rika didn't like Tonkawa and her friends. Uh, so what's it matter to, to Rika that they were destroyed or that, uh, that Shinjo is going to have a kaiju attack the culture festival. And, um, Rika is such a, I don't know, like a noble spirit or such a good person, good hearted person that, uh, even though these things don't matter to her, um, or aren't really things that she values, uh, she values their protecting their existence. Like, Tonkawa and the others didn't really appeal to her, and the culture festival isn't really something she wants, and she kind of thinks it's lame. But just because she doesn't personally like it or have personally have an interest in it, so she's kind of indifferent to them, she still uh, has this reaction where she wants to protect them when they come under direct threat or direct assault from Shinjo. And pushing that idea a little further... Um, Rika also wants to protect Shinjo herself, uh, despite the fact that Shinjo is this bad actor. Uh, she wants to find a way to break through to her in a nonviolent way without, you know, the kaiju combat, um, to help solve the problem. And, you know, she's pushing for 
there has to be another way, even though they've been estranged, you know, they were friends, but they're estranged friends. Um, and you know, that doesn't matter to her. Uh, so I think that's a pretty interesting concept. Um, that might not, uh, go with my, the theme I was trying to thread together about defying programming or defying fate. Um, because, uh, you could say, well, that's just Rika going, playing to type a hundred percent what, uh, you know, Shinjo created her to be like, uh, this good noble person who's going to defend whatever, uh, and I, I literally mean whatever, like whatever it is or whoever it is, um, even if she's not got a vested interest in seeing it, you know, continue to exist, um, she's just gonna, uh, push back against it being destroyed wantonly or, or not. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And then let's see, can I tie that together with Utsumi's actions? So Utsumi is vehement that they have to attack Shinjo somehow and they have to, uh, preempt things, uh, because she's threatening to, uh, destroy the school. And, uh, he kind of does get whipped up into like a ultra otaku fervor and he name drops some villain from a previous series, I believe. And, uh, I think Boar kicks him in the butt again, like she does and tells him to, you know, calm down and stop geeking out over the stuff. And like, she's almost trying to shake him from his place of, um, being the guy who's into the thing that wants to do action, like almost, almost like he's the hot blooded, uh, shonen protagonist or whatever. Um, which I don't know the ultra protagonists, so I couldn't, uh, the Ultraman series protagonists, what they're like. So I couldn't say that that's what they are, but I mean, it's basically a good show. So it probably has that, um, type of shonen protagonist or something close to that. So, and maybe the particular, uh, the villain from the series that he's referencing might be his favorite series. And maybe that's what that protagonist was like. I don't know. I'm not going to look into it because I'm just talking about the, you know, the show on the, the first level of, uh, what's going on and, and, and deeper into it, but the, all the references and Easter eggs, that's not for me to handle. That's for somebody else. So, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll talk about him in that way, or I, I'm going to conclude my discussion of Utsumi right there. Um, and then I want to talk about, uh, Hibiki a little bit because Hibiki, uh, he seems like he's a foreign, um, object in this world. Like I'm, I'm getting that sense more and more. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, where would he have come from though? I don't know. Maybe it's a part of, uh, of, uh, Shinjo that's like not totally twisted. Um, but you know what, let me, let me, uh, let me back up real quick and talk about instance ab reaction and how I talked about that in like the second episode, I think, um, an instance, like I talked about is a duplicate or a splintering off of, in some cases, uh, like a server or a file system or whatever. And the ab reaction sounds like, uh, aberration, um, so I wonder if that's where that's going. And I'm pretty sure when, uh, Alexis, you know, announces instant sab reaction, he is splintering off, um, or helping to splinter off the, <laughs> the shadow world, the projected world or the, the mimicked world, whatever Akane's heart it is, the city, like that simulation or whatever it is, he's helping to like create almost like a save point or a backup point, um, where, uh, things can be recovered and where, you know, the kaiju appears and it's like everything shifts into another part of reality, which I almost wonder if at the very end, they're going to do something crazy, like have, um, like all the instances of, uh, the city and all the instances of, of, you know, Hibiki and, uh, Ultraman and whatever, like join forces and be able to, you know, fight against 
Alexis or whatever. Because, like Hibiki said, uh, Alexis Carib sure does look like the final boss of a game or even a show. So um, I guess that's fair. But um, yeah, so uh, Hibiki kind of wants to walk this middle path. Like he wants reconciliation between um, Utsumi and uh, Rika, and he tries to make that happen. And like I said uh, in the beginning of this episode, uh, I think that he wants to break through to Shinjo and try to reform her, redeem her, whatever, uh, which is what Rika wants. Um, but he also sees the balance in, you know, they can try to reason with her and to work with her and, and to see if she will come back from her uh, destructive uh, tendencies or, or, you know, if she'll disavow those behaviors or whatever. Um, gosh, disavow. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the end, he fights if he has to. Um and whereas I would say, like, Rika is almost very much more pacifistic and she wants to... And I don't think this is a gender thing, although that just popped into my head. I don't think that's necessarily it. Although it would have been more interesting, potentially, to flip it and, and have uh, you know, Rika be the... Well, they need to have two kaiju... Whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I, there's more than two girls who are excited about Ultraman <laughs> or about Gridman. So, uh, you know, on the internet, at least. So, uh, but w- they're not in the same city. A- anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um... And like, uh, like, um, uh, how did she say it in the dub? Uh, like Shinjo's actress said in the dub or the, the line read was, uh, isn't Kaiju something pretty rare for anybody to be into anyway, boy or girl. Um, so doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, my point is, uh, Utsumi and, um, Rika kind of represent two, uh, separate, approaches to the situation or to addressing the situation. And, uh, I think Hibiki definitely walks the middle line of that. And, uh, a really neat thing was how he decided to preempt, uh, Shinjo and how to protect people and save people. And I know when things get reset, people's lives are restored or it's hard to tell when buildings are getting destroyed and there are people in them because they're not the target of Shinjo's, uh, animus or hatred, uh, are they protected and are she just brings them back and resets them and everything's fine? Or do some of those people die? Like, does only somebody die when they're specifically her target? That could be the case. But anyway, regardless, it was definitely best for them to avoid collateral damage because the Gridman Alliance is working with information, uh, with as little information or maybe even less information than the audience of the show has. Um, so they wanted to clear everybody out of the school festival. Um, but it was really interesting that it did... Um, they assumed it would make her less interested in fighting, uh, and less pleased about it. And she sure was, but she figured, you know, Gridman's there anyway, so I'll try to have him destroyed. Um, so that was, uh, that was a pretty cool insight. Um, and I think this idea of like preempting her and causing her to lose interest in the kaiju attacks might be the solution to, uh, save, um, the town, uh, save the city. Uh, because I noticed, uh, in watching earlier, uh, I, I rewatched when well, I'm kind of bugged about the simul dub thing on Funimation. Like it's, I'm sure it's an expensive thing to do. It must be a very difficult service to, um, to handle or, or like to coordinate or whatever. But, uh, and I know you're never supposed to apologize as a creator. 
um, or a server of content to people for when you screw up because that looks bad on you or whatever. But I'm really bugged that they're a week behind on the dub, on the simul dub, and there's never been like an announcement or a little thing like, hey, look, we're behind because, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, but from now on, we'll be, uh, you know, each week is the new, as you know, <laughs> you'll be, you'll be one up epi- one week behind Japan. And, you know, it's, it's a lot better than years ago where you just had to pirate it or whatever. But, um, I'm turning to alternative sources, let's just say, uh, to watch this and get this out in a timely manner so that people who are as excited about the show as I am, um, which let's be honest, if you're listening to a podcast about it, you probably are, um, you know, can get it as quickly as possible. Uh, but it just stinks that, you know, I watched the dub today of episode seven, uh, cause it was finally up. It came up yesterday, I think. Um, but I was hoping that episode eight would be there, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's a little disappointing and that's too bad. And I've now completely derailed myself from the point of what I was going to say as I was closing up. Oh, well, I can't remember, but while I was paused, I came up with a great thing to close on, which is an observation about the way that uh, the complete combination or full combination or whatever of Gridman is accomplished is after the like differences between Utsumi and Rika get set aside. And there's not even the apology yet later. You know, that comes later after um, everything's safe or after the day has been saved. But um, the... Neon Genesis Junior High Club or students, whatever, are able to go out there with Gridman um, and join him in the fight. And Gridman is able to um, be in the fight by him going out in a smaller output. So he like shrinks himself down because uh, I don't think I shared this when he when he said it, but he can go up to 70 meters high. Um, and then I don't know what his minimum size is, but he can shrink smaller. And Akane noticed that, which was pretty cool. <laughs> and then when they all combined, she was like, no, now he's just some stupid robot. Um, he's not going to be able to defeat my kaiju, um, which was basically a robot kaiju. So, uh, she had a robot kaiju. He was a robot Ultraman and, uh, you know, she was bugged about that, but that's, you know, silly. Um, anyway, the only way that they were able to get together really was, uh, Utsumi and Hibiki had the idea, but, uh, Rika came along and she supported the idea, even though she didn't really get it. And she set aside her differences with Utsumi and with not knowing about the Ultra series and stuff. And uh, she didn't let that bother him. So, like, she kind of accommodated for his otakuness, And he accommodated, so to speak, for her, you know, more withdrawn or less aggressive uh, approach. And um, Hibiki, you know, said to Ultraman, like, hey, if we, you know, shrink ourselves, if we make less of ourselves, uh, you know, can we fuse all of us into a greater, uh, a greater whole. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. Like emotionally they made space for each other and they like shrunk down their egos or, or tamped down on their, uh, expression of like who they are. Uh, and that allowed them to fuse together and work together in a cohesive, uh, a cohesive, yeah, a cohesive and more powerful unit. Um, and that's, you know, symbolized by the five or the four, uh, Neon Genesis Junior High people being able to form with Gridman uh, and Junk being able to handle it. So, I don't know. That's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, I just think that's an interesting concept. But I'm going to go ahead and close out. So, uh, let me see on my notes here. Um, So, anyway, if you have questions or comments, uh, go ahead and send them in. I'd really appreciate that. Um, And now I'm going to leave you with the immortal words of Samurai Caliber. Do what you can do. 
always. This has been a production of the Toe Network. Uh, remember, folks, don't get kicked by a horse and die.